Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ooh Ed Sylvester. This is Ah Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Sam, mm -hmm. the people are here. Mm -hmm. They want to know how's your Dungeons and Dragons week been? Pretty good. We played on Tuesday and we had our first, what I feel is like our first big DM set piece in that campaign. Basically, a satellite crashed and we all had terrible, terrible visions of what I think is the future. And it was it was genuinely harrowing. Like, we got out of that. We played for like four hours and I went next door after we finished and my other half said, uh, oh, do you had fun and i was like i think so but i also think god might be dead so possibly not so that was fun and we got to do some adventuring that was fun uh, yeah a good session all in all i also went to nerdy cafe in shrewsbury near me and they were lovely and they've got a whole load more this sounds like an ad <laughs> if you need products of a certain <laughs> service or value check them out but they had uh, they've made their D, &D section even bigger, which is cool. And I treated myself to some new dice. And uh, what else did I get? Oh, I got the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, the book. Mm. I'm really enjoying it, just as a as a whole thing. I know it's kind of done now, but uh, I'm really enjoying that. And what else have I been doing? Oh, wrote more Tarthage. I know that seems to be oh. it. You would hope so, because it's supposed to be coming out in a month. Here's to setting yourself deadlines, even though you don't need to set yourself deadlines. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, he was expecting it, but he've done it yeah. anyway. Hey, kids! No, I just finished writing episode three, and it's very, very fun. Ooh. Yeah, I know it's uh, spicy. It's finding its groove a little bit. It's a little bit of a change in not tone, but certainly tempo. If you know what I mean. Well, well you'll understand when yeah. you listen to it. Uh, what about you, Eduardo? How has your week in D and D been? Well, uh, first of all, I've got a follow-up question. So, okay. you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. How many episodes of Tales of Tarthage do you think there's going to be, Sam? Of Tales of Tarthage 2? Uh, Tales of Tarthage 2 has 12 episodes. 12 more episodes. Fucking hell. You really pushed the boat out on that one, if that's the case. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, I got it. It's, it's not like I'm just spitting in the wind. Like, I know where it's got to end up. It's just, it's just, just doing it now, which is the fun part, you know? But also yeah. the part where you can stub your toe, metaphorically speaking, and then not touch the project for 10 days, which I may mm -hmm. have done recently. But yeah, 12 mm. more episodes. Um, yeah, we'll see. It picks up really quickly after the last season ended. Nice. Like, literally the, the minute after, give or take. So uh, yeah. Anyway, how's your week in D&D been, Eduardo? Yeah, all right. Thank you very much. Speaking of stubbing toes, this isn't necessarily D&D &D based, but um, <laughs> I was doing some... Yeah, that's right. You've come to a D&D &D show and I'm telling you things about my life that isn't D&D &D based. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. Uh, I was doing some pull-ups the other day and I managed to, whilst coming down on a pull-up, literally stub my toe on the carpet to a point where it literally like like folded in half. It was a horrific mess. That's... And um, I really understand the actual element of bar of barbarian rage driving you through things. I brought it back round to D&D. &D. What so what did you do? You, you came down. So can, clearly that, that pull-up bar isn't high enough. because no, it's not. Bang, 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 just every so often on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And then you stubbed your toe and you were just like, oh, I feel the need for gains. <laughs> and just... Doof, doof, doof. 
and presumably pulled yourself up so high you banged your fucking head. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. Well, <laughs> and then the, uh... <laughs> I imagine it like you know when um, Doctor Strange does the portals above and below Loki, and he's just zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. it's just you bang head, bang toes, bang head, bang toes. <laughs> Brilliant. But my week of D and D, however, uh, it's been a good one. Yeah. So obviously we did the same game. Now my um, so we've had sort of these uh, premonitions, visions. Um, or uh, alternate realities presented to us throughout the through the game, and everybody else's was very um, macabre, yeah. and um, you know, end of the world thing. I felt like mine wasn't that bad, if I'm going to be completely honest. Which I probably shouldn't say because I'm aware our DM listens to this show, so mm. he might come around and go, "You didn't think that was that bad, did you? All right, yeah. well here you go. Have some needles at your." Um, or something like that or you just stub um, your toe over and over and over again <laughs> you take one point of damage for 70 rounds and then you're dead here's i give you the toe of stubbing um so yeah so that's going to be quite interesting i feel like uh and this is some insider info but my character this is zebulon the goblin wizard has a bit of a weird relationship with his um previous master mm-hmm. it's i would describe it as um Igor to uh, Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, um, but also throwing in the classic Sith um, apprentice to master. And and it's basically, if you can ride between those two vibes, I think that's where we're at. I like that, Darth Frankenstein. I like that. I tell you Mm. what I am looking forward to in that campaign. We spent a lot of the early sessions in a city which then got wiped off the map. Yeah. And the DM, he did cough, actually. Oh, I built this city to destroy. And I was like, ah, oh, that's why. Because I kind of wanted to, like... I do... As much as I like fighting and, like, plot stuff, I do also like, hey, let's spend two hours fucking shopping and taking the cuisine. And it's like, oh, that's why we didn't do that, was because that city was made to be fucking destroyed. So I'm yes. hoping the place we're going to now, which is, as far as I understand it, like a bigger cosmopolitan centre... Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit like us reaching our Zadash, if you will. You know, and sort Good. of hanging out and doing a bit of fun stuff that isn't killy-killy-fighty-fighty, fighty, God is dead, you know? Yeah, you can write in your um, food blog once you're there. Be like, I tried yeah. this really cool um, goblin <laughs> joint today. Um, I know people sort of turn their eyes up at turn their eyes up. Yep, that's the saying mm-hmm. in, in that world. It is turn their eyes oh. up at goblin food, but yeah. actually it's really complex and there's some real good, um, you know, interesting things uh, that happen. So yeah, next time you're in town, check out Fredo's Flavos. Uh, like it on uh, yeah on 59th Street. I feel in, like if you're a cleric, uh, as my character is, you can uh, write on that blog. Uh, you know, eat, pray, love, because it. Gods, oh. gods in it. Fucking have a bit of that. Right, should we play some ads? That's a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, let's play some ads and get into this show. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you check, check us out. out. Thanks. Thanks. 
and welcome back. So we continue this wonderful arc, Inspiration Point, looking at ways that you can thematically and then mechanically increase your engagement with your class. This week, hold on to your hats, sticks, wands, brooms, owls, towers, curly shoes? <laughs> We're doing wizards. I knew exactly what you meant, yeah. We're doing wizards, and I was initially a little bit, not hesitant, but like, I think I'm still an idiot, so, and you can loop that as many times <laughs> as you want, but I still consider magic, primarily magic classes, which warlocks aren't, and I've played a warlock, warlocks are not primarily magic, because you get all the options to fucking kick ass as well, and I know there's the blade singers, but just listen. I would always think that wizards, at least from the outside, are quite complicated to play. In as much as it's a little bit more than just having to track key or working out how many attacks you get with your sword. And then I thought, well, that's just mechanically. Narratively, wizards are incredibly interesting because I think when you say wizard... A lot of people think, well, I'm going to play to the Gandalf, the, the, the Dumbledore, or whatever. But actually, if you think about what a wizard is, they're the person in the room that has done all the book learning. So if you want to play your wizard like, you know, look at all the things that have become popular in pop culture in like the last 10 years. Properly popular, like Sherlock Holmes, or Tony Stark, mm -hmm. or fucking that awful version of Lex Luthor that they did for um, the DCEU where you talk incredibly quickly and da 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 da, -da. yeah and then blah, 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 blah. oh I'm the smartest guy in the room who did it your wizard can actually lock into that because your wizard through all the book learning is the only person that isn't mm -hmm. given their gifts by birth I don't think your wizard has to do all the book learning so yeah your wizard can totally be this weird twitchy stark <clears throat> Lex Luthor Genius. How do you know that? Well, have, hasn't everyone read the four yeah. tomes of chronology or whatever? Of course you can't do that with time. Da, da, da. Come on, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. I was That was my original thought when I was going into Wizards. And now I've talked for a long time and Ed is just fucking gearing up to take this to pieces. I can tell his little eyes. What do you think of that? I actually, I actually think you've approached it really well. I think... So you're right in... In... Yes! Show's <laughs> over. Sam wins. That's for years of What's That Spell. I'm out. You're right in, and I'm glad you brought up What's That Spell, because um, you're right in your iteration of, of a wizard there, 100%. Um, the reason why I bring up What's That Spell is because it can be so varied. And this is the thing, is, is I think you can play a wizard in... If you think about all the spells that, that exist in D&D, right, and there's an absolute bucket ton, um, the way that you build your wizard and the way that you choose those spells can a lot of the time actually affect the way your wizard plays. So you've given like a lot of very cool characters there um, who are very intelligent and have got that sort of like... <laughs> Remind you of anyone? Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> they have this sort of like uh, an appreciation of their intelligence and their, their anarchisms, mm. if you will. But there's also the flip side of that. And I, I've been... Do you know who's a great wizard? Arbed from Community. Oh. Because he has an encyclopedic like knowledge of a 
an aspect, right? Now, obviously, in that it's it's um, it's film and the able and the ability to, you know, bring mm-hmm. out anything. But then he doesn't. Uh, the way that he interacts with the world is through film. And a wizard, maybe in that point, the way that he really interacts with the world is just primarily through magic. Like I, I don't, I don't use my hands to pick stuff up. I use mage hand. That's just how I operate. I never, I don't like touching things. So well, mage like, hand up it comes. In terms of hey, we've met this foe or this puzzle, and your wizard just sits there, and then she's like, oh, it's, it's uh, Archimedes' left hand. Okay, I'll bite. What? Archimedes' left hand with. It, mm-hmm. No, no one doesn't. Just, just get out of the way. I fucking got something for this. This is yeah. I really like. Yeah, that's a really good pull, man. Yeah. So let's talk about things that you're gonna you're gonna probably gravitate towards as a wizard. And if we're thinking about how we're gonna approach these things mechanically back on on the next show mm-hmm. once we sort of bring this all together, I think there's a few things that we can have a look at. Number one, uh, towers. So Mm -hmm. a wizard's tower or abode, um, I think, can be a very personal thing to a wizard because you have such um, such an ability to. I thought you said a boat, and I was like, I was like, hey, a wizard that lives on a narrow boat. That's actually pretty cool. But that's it. This is this is what I'm talking about, right? Because 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 wizards have a lot of paraphernalia and you know magical shit. That they mm-hmm. use to get their stuff done, because I feel like as a class they are they are the one reaching into the spell bag to pull out uh, an owl feather and a pearl to use identify and all that sort of stuff. When everyone um, else is holding back the horde and they're like, oh, I need a little bit of olive oil, I, olive oil. I need an olive branch. <laughs> I need like yeah, a feather. Nice. I need a tentacle. I need. A and they're like, Could you fucking give us a second? Yeah. Give us a second, and then boom, that's the thing. Exactly. But the nice thing is, is at a certain point, a wizard can literally, um, can basically dra- travel and journey with an adventuring party without actually having to leave home because they can create, uh, you know, because they can teleport to places mm-hmm. and things that they're aware of. Um, they can view things through things like scrying mirrors and all that sort of stuff. So they can literally stay at home whilst all the boring traveling stuff is happening and they're like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, I'm going to read a book and get in a bath. And then they'll have the, and then the, you know, <clears throat> the fighter will be like, Jeremy, we've got a scrap. And he's like, oh, fine. And he, poof, turns up, suds everywhere. You know, he's got his rubber ducky, but he's still got his stick in his hat. And we'll get to those because they're also important. Um, but where's the hat? Exactly. That's inappropriate. No, I think that's fine. Um, you can leave your hat on. Tom Jones did that. We can all do that for sure. Oh, I don't like that. The, uh... Okay, so he turns up covered in bubbles. <laughs> So, yeah, so so a wizard's tower, abode, home, I think is going to be something that actually reflects your wizard's character a lot. Do you want to go for the old school classic, um, singular, uh, whatever they're called, you know, classic tower, basically, bricks on bricks on bricks, spiral mm-hmm. staircase, thing at the top. Do you want to go for a, as you've just said there, a narrow boat with, you know, paraphernalia left, right and centre, um, Maybe you want to go for yeah. something which is like a gentleman's club and you've got a bit of a classy wizard. Or they all hang out and like the wizard's club is just a place where they go to. You know what I mean? Or you can turn it the other way and go, I have no home. I just have this really big bag. You can, uh, was it uh, your man from Fantastic Newt's Commander? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he just 
opens the thing and it's like everything sort of fu- like um, the guy who fixes Woody in Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. that, that case with mm-hmm. all the shit that folds out with a little pump and stuff that kind of thing yeah 100% and they've even got spells that do that in itself you know we've got Learman's Tiny Hut you've got um, uh, mm-hmm. Thingy Fortress where you can just up comes a fortress um, yeah you've got uh, the mansion as well uh, Magical Mansion of Mysteries I can't remember what the spell's bloody called but Oh, um, Caleb uses it, doesn't he, towards the back yeah, end of Camp I, Sorry, spoilers. But he gets that spell. I think they, you know, and, and you see it a lot in Series 1 as well with Scanlan. So you've got these portable abilities that you just go, and I feel like they are linked more towards those magical users who are based around comfort and extra things. And a wizard is exactly that, is comfort and extra things. So yeah, we'll get, I think we'll throw together a nice um, chart of what's your wizard home look like. I think that's a good shout. I like that a lot, yeah. Next up, speaking of wizard paraphernalia, bits and bobs and things like that, I think we should talk about your casting tool. Oh, like a wand or a staff or a uh, magical ball, you know. Um, oh, yeah, like the, the, the one of those those balls you can do tricks with and they sort of... Yeah, exactly. You can you, do all that shit with your hands and they never move. The classic hippie wizard in the park going, Ah, oh, I've got a magic ball. Mm. That that sort of thing. Playing with a playing with a Diablo and you're like, You're thirty five, mate. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. Buy some shoes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's slack line. Do you know what? Fucking rain, let's not. <laughs> anyway, now that we've uh, suitably bashed that alternate lifestyle of living. Ah, oh, no I'm not, but come on. I know, I know. Just don't 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 make it your own personality, just make it a thing you do. Yeah, fine. So, staff, wand, crystal ball. This again is much like when we've talked about um, remember when we talked about customizing your spells. I feel like your staff, wand yes. or and much like we see in Harry Potter. Uh, or crystal ball or casting thing is something that is very personable or should be very personable to you as um, as a wizard. Yeah. Um, remarkably, both of my wizards don't have these things. I've picked up a couple of wands, um, mm. but that's primarily that was more as a point to see if I can do like like quick shots and be a bit daft with it, but. I am actually feeling a little bit more of an affinity towards one of them specifically, which is the black one. Um, which one is that, by the way? That's that's the one that just shoots out flower petals in in a five foot radius. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the brown one shoots the fireball, but you know. Yeah, never the twain shall meet. No. Um, but I think that's also because Zebulon, as a character, is kind of disgusting, right? Um, yeah. Uh, he tends to use his bodily fluids as casting materials, specifically um, saliva and snot tends to be quite, uh, or earwax is a lot of a lot of the uh, casting materials, which is you know incredibly fun, and I I really enjoy sort of getting overly descriptive on those sorts of things because it is just yeah, yeah. It's just disgusting. But I like the fact that he has this wand, which has this sort of darkness that looks looks around it. You know, it's it's like a black ebony wand, looks sort of very smooth and really nice finish it might as well have like a skull on the front of it kind of thing um yeah but when you cast it it's just flower petals and it just feels really oxymoronical and that's kind of zebulon through and through because he has this Mm. um this sort of darkness uh, especially based upon his his upbringing as this sorcerer's apprentice to this basically uh emperor sort of type um 
and he had because that's all that he knows he has no really filter or anything like that he's just like yeah it's fine you can just you, you know we can chop up that lamb and see what's inside of it that's cool and he doesn't see it and it's not a malicious way it's just that yeah you know things that doesn't have any difference yeah you've got to find out how things work um and also be yeah. cast using obviously all those horrific um items just to be like flowers it's a really nice counterpoint yeah yeah um so i think figuring out the way that you you interact with your wand stuff or crystal ball or whatever it is is actually a big deal because it could be a big part of how you cast your spells what um, about um i've talked about this in the past yeah i was just gonna say what about uh, clothing like wizard clothing because that's all about like bits isn't it? It's bits like oh, oh yeah. the, the hat doesn't match the shoes, doesn't match the trousers, doesn't match. The... It's like when wizards have to walk out among muggles, but like you look like that all the time because mm. hey, I got these britches from you know Alakazam, and this left glove is from Merlin, and this right glove is from his brother Berlin, and you and you rub them together. And I know it doesn't look silly, but it all has function. Don't worry about it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it cuts. It cuts a certain um, silhouette, undoubtedly. Yeah. So that's that. That's um. I think that's your 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 physical appearance, and I think it's way more important. And your casting points as a wizard to kind of get those things down because it adds such a flavor to the way you want to play. Mm. Um. Next thing that I think is probably quite an interesting thing to explore is we've talked about how uh, wizards are sort of anorak in the way that they operate, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that they sort of do things, and it reminds me very much of, and the way that you said, like, um, you know, you've got your cool wizards, but typically most of them are outstanding from a community. So when they make friends, it's for a long period of time, and you may even pick up an apprentice. Ooh, spicy. And then he goes rogue, yeah. and then you try and kill each other, and that's your backstory. Done. Boom. Well, it's it's also it could whilst yes, it's your but backstory. Then he's you from the future and all the past, or you're him from then. It's just gets loops and loops and loops and loops. I actually quite like that. I'd not thought of that. Um, I was just going, hey, here's an apprentice. But I do like the idea that your apprentice could also mm -hmm. be you in a different environment. Or what? aren't we just doing Looper? Aren't we just telling this this story of the film Looper? It doesn't matter. Fucking Looper doesn't have a monopoly on time travel. <laughs> <laughs> This is my time travel story, not yours. Um, so, do, 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 we've got an... Ah, yes, so your apprentice, right? And again, this is somebody who will probably actually influence your wizard more than your wizard influencing them as, a, as an NPC because I feel like when you start to teach yeah. things, um, you find out more about yourself and... You know, like this is like when you play guitar, if you start teaching people guitar, you actually become a better guitarist because it takes you back to your basics and you figure things out much more. Because back then, when you were learning how to do it, you were going, Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I've just about got it. That'll do. Let's move on. But. Yeah, I can do this, but no, here's how you do this. Mm. Well, why do we do it? Well, why do we fucking do it that way, actually? Yeah, exactly. So, bringing that in will also make, I feel like, makes people look at how they cast their spells makes you think more about how you yeah. cast your spells because you've got to actually describe as a player how you're teaching your apprentice um or you know if you're maybe a little bit of a darker wizard servant um mm. how to thrall yeah, whatever how to do spells 
And that's an interesting relationship as well to explore and discover. I mean, uh, we'll do an alias, um, who's my other wizard. In case you haven't figured out, I like wizards quite a lot. You love a wizard, I do, don't you? And it's because you because the wizard, uh, sorry, the wizard, the spell selection changes them up so much. Um, it's just the mm. way it is. So it's weird, isn't it? Everyone points at warlocks like, oh, they're so customizable, and they are. But I think warlocks are like mechanically customizable, whereas wizards are kind of like customizable both narratively and mechanically. Yeah, exactly. So an alias, um, I was I was having this conversation yesterday because we found ourselves in a situation which was um, less than stellar for my character and the way that he was set up. I'd run out of spells and they were like, oh, you got, you got some damaging cantrips. And I was like, you know, I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm more of an, I'm, <laughs> I'm an explore things and look at things and figure stuff out sort of wizard. I don't really have... <laughs> Prestigitation. Yeah, I don't really have that much damaging things. It's just like, I, I, I sort of built him as kind of as like a buff wizard. So like, he's like, that guy's, that guy's mm. blind. I can read that. I can talk to that guy. I can, you know, I can fly over there. Yeah. Um, and messing with sight he has got a uh, lightning bolt because you know you've got to give yourself something but yeah yeah that's kind of that was kind of how he's built returning to that i've gone on a mad tangent the apprentice that i imagine an alias would take would be very different to an apprentice that zebulon would take because an alias comes from a collective yeah. school of wizards pretty old school in the way that they operate read this book come back to me once you've read it um, and then tell me what you think whereas Zebulon and the way that he would take an apprentice would be very much like the relationship that he's had which is do things because I told you to and you'll passively learn things maybe if you're good enough yeah mm. and that's mm. I just thought of something really cool yeah. I want to talk to you about off mic okay but that can be like that's interesting I like that D&D base, nothing weird. Like, mm, I wonder if I could buy some of your shoes. <laughs> but only the right ones. Um, you don't the wrong ones. Oh, I hate Zing! You. That's terrible. <laughs> Let's bring the show to a close, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Boom. That's that, em that's that atmosphere ruined. <laughs> Sam. So, as always, you have been our listeners. Uh, we have been Starter Set. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Good hunting, bye-bye. Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades. That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl, Bunny, as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube.